This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. I think the Ukrainians can win, but what breaks my heart is it appears to me that Biden is more worried about Putin losing than Ukraine winning. Sean Rima, 9 till 11. News Talk 550 KTSA and FM 1071. And we're back. News Talk 550 KTSA, FM 1071. I'm Sean. Did I just say we're back? I just got it. Well, I'm back from where in Rima. Happy stinking Monday. How are you? The phone lines are open 210-599-5555. 210-599-5555. Lots to make our way through over the next couple of hours. Ukraine. We'll talk about Ukraine. Uh, the passing of William Hurt, which is uh, was sad, uh, only 71 years of age. Uh, one of my favorite actors from over the years. Oh, and something very special on uh, today's show. This is so special. You can't get this just anywhere. You can only get this crap on, on the Sean Show in that um, uh, my wife is going to be changing my bandages at some point. Chris and, and Dennis, uh, my wife has to change. You see, i got to change my bandages twice a day now. Okay. Because uh, I had a I had a, a wound vac sucking my innards out uh, since all this stuff happened, and that was removed on Friday, and so now I have two holes in my stomach with bandages on them, and are my abdomen on my abdomen, and my wife has to change the bandages twice a day, or I get infected. Or the dressing so because of her work. Because of her what? Or the, because, the dressing. Her, the dressing. She has to change the dressing. So uh, because of her work schedule, she works at home. Her, her lunch is at 10 a.m. We have to change the bandages on my abdomen. So at some point, we'll be doing that live on the air. So oh, there you go. We'll, exciting. We'll, we'll start it off during a commercial break, and then uh, if it's still going on when we come back, well, that'll make for some fascinating radio. As you hear my shrieks of pain when she yanks the dressing off the open wounds, uh, it should be a ratings grabber. 210-599-5555. But let's kick off with uh, with Ukraine, uh, uh, some developments. Uh, allegedly, there's some peace talks going on right now. I, I don't place much value on such peace talks. I think they're largely a farce. And I'll get into why I think that uh, momentarily. We also have the, uh, the killing of uh, award-winning photojournalist uh, currently uh, submitting to the New York Times. Brent Renaud, who, who was shot in the neck over the weekend uh, while uh, in a car. He was not on assignment with the New York Times this particular weekend, but he was uh, covering uh, uh, the war in Ukraine, lost his life, unfortunately. He's an American. And, um, you know, we, we didn't really hear much. I don't believe we've heard anything from the administration on the loss of the first American life in Ukraine. Um, I, I don't suspect we will, and if we do, my I remember talking to my wife. My wife and I just kind of hung around the house th- this weekend, and I, I can't really go anywhere still. So, you know, we'd we'd watch some Guy Fieri, then switch over to the news, and that was pretty much our habit for the entire weekend. And uh, you know, I I said if 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 he may if this guy makes the news at all, if this American who lost his life in Ukraine makes the news at all, and the White House gives any kind of response. Here's what they'll say. Well, he was there by his own choice. We can't do anything about people who are there by their own choice. Uh, If they mention it at all, which thus far I don't believe they have. Uh, You you wonder what the response would have been had Trump been president and American life was lost. Uh, Well, the fact is none of this would be going on if Trump were still the president, and you know it. I laid it out on Friday. uh, Putin was waiting for Trump to get out of office. That's why I always thought this BS about Russian collusion was always such a f- silly thing to try to uh, saddle on, on, on Donald Trump's shoulders because certainly Donald Trump was the last guy Vlad Putin wanted in office. Uh, do I think maybe there was Russian collusion in getting Biden elect- elected? Yeah, I think there probably was. Because certainly they wanted Joe Biden in office. 
Putin wanted Joe Biden in office to undertake his master evil plan, which is what he's doing, which is, as Lindsey Graham said, to reconstruct the Soviet Union. I think that's what's at play here. I think NATO is a convenient excuse. But he's not fighting this war like someone who is merely worried about NATO nations arming up along the border. He's not fighting this war uh, as someone who is merely concerned about Ukraine joining NATO. Although I'm sure it's not something he wants, obviously. But I think this is personal. I think this is ego. And uh, as I said on Friday, I say that because of the way he's going about this, the way he's fighting it. If, if, and, and we had talked about this on Friday as well. If, uh, let's say, Russia or some other bad actor started arming up or laying out arms along the border uh, uh, inside Mexico, would we react? Well, certainly we would. We've already been through this with the Cuban Missile Crisis. We would have to react in some way if Russia started uh, uh, dropping troops and arms uh, in Mexico across the border. But, damn, Skippy, one thing we wouldn't do is bomb hospitals. We wouldn't target civilians, and we wouldn't target apartment complexes, and we wouldn't target civilian uh, neighborhoods. Uh, If what we're seeing is true, we've seen Ukrainian civilians trying to leave Kiev, and they've been fired upon. We wouldn't be doing any of that. Uh, This is a very bloody war. And, uh, again, that leads me to believe that this is more personal for Putin. Uh, and, and, and we're failing. We're, the, American, the United States and our government, we are failing miserably at what's going on right now. Uh, the sanctions are easy. The sanctions don't cost us anything. Uh, you, Biden can go out there, and even freaking, that freaking idiot Kamala Harris can go out there and say, we'll do anything possible, and, you know, if he, if he continues on, you know, we're gonna, he's not going to like what we're going to do. But you know all they're doing is more sanctions. They've targeted the son of one of the oligarchs. Oh, boy. Yeah, uh, Putin's going to fold up tent real soon. We're laying out the sanctions because it, it's easy. It doesn't require anything of us. Yes, we've sent them some munitions. Yes, we've sent them lots of money. But we're sticking with the sanctions, which don't do any good. They don't hurt Putin in any way, shape, or form, even not buying the oil. Uh, but we, we lay out the sanctions so that we can claim we did something, but we're not really doing anything. And, you know, the thing with the Norwegian or the uh, Polish planes is a, also a farce. We're sending them money. You can make the same argument about escalating the situation uh, for the, the, the checks we're cutting for Ukraine right now. And then, whoa, Putin's going to see that as uh, an escalation. Oh, we're, 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 we're engaging the Russians directly now. Uh, well, you can make the same argument for, for allowing one of our air bases to be a, a, a standing point or a, a landing point or a takeoff point for these Polish planes. So why aren't we doing it? Because we're afraid. Because Putin's afraid. Or no, uh, because Biden's afraid of Putin. Uh, whoever is actually running our government right now, they're afraid of Putin. It's painfully obvious which makes it uh, even more pathetic and ridiculous to hear this supposedly tough talk from our administration on these freaking sanctions. So, you know, I I forget who said it over the weekend. uh, The argument for not allowing our air bases to be used for these planes is we don't want to uh, be involved in World War III. Baby, and they said this, I forget who it was now, we're already involved. Trey said it. We're already fighting World War III. Uh, And now we have this business of uh, China offering assistance to Russia. Baby, the chess pieces are all lining up. And it don't look good, especially when we're the wussy in the room. So, you know, I don't know what you think about all that stuff. It just tumbled out of my mouth. But uh, give me a call if if you'd like, 210-599-5555. Uh, 210-599-5555. 
uh, you know, that's just kind of my thoughts. This is personal with Putin, and that, that also, it does make him a very dangerous dude. Because I think uh, Putin is looking to mark his place in history one way or the other. And I do think it's very personal. Uh, I, 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 do, I don't think he's crazy. That doesn't mean I don't think he's a madman. Hitler wasn't crazy, but he was a madman. And it was very personal for Hitler as well. And uh, Putin uh, very obviously doesn't give a crap about his own people. He's arresting his own people right now. And God knows what he's doing to them who dare to speak out against this war in Ukraine. Uh, There was an old woman in her 70s, I believe, uh, late 70s, who was picked up uh, by uh, Russian authorities for holding a sign uh, protesting the war. woman in her 70s, she might have been in her early 80s, if I remember correctly. So this isn't a dude who gives two craps about his own troops, who gives two craps about his own people. He cares about his own ego and his plans. And I I, I believe, and I think we heard this from the French, that this thing is going to get bloodier and it's going to grind on. And we have to figure out who we're going to be in this thing. And we've got to figure it out soon. 17 minutes uh, after 9, uh, give us a ring, 210-599-5555, 210-599-5555. I got a call. Actually, I got a call uh, my buddy Trevor down at Alamo Water Softer Systems. Uh, have him come out and look at my system here that I have at the house. I haven't had a, a maintenance call in a while. We had to have some work done on our cabin tr- cabinets uh, here in the kitchen. And uh, at Alamo Water Softeners, anytime that you need them to come on out and look at your system, they'll do that. Uh, I tell you what, they're a great company. I've had these systems. I've had, I got two of them in my house, and I'm ha- I've had them here for three years. One of the first calls I made uh, when we uh, signed the mortgage on this house and moved in is I called Trevor over at Alamo Water Softeners. I said, "What can you do for me? Come on out." And uh, just like you, if you go online at alamowatersofters.com, you can make an online appointment today. You don't even have to call them up. Go go online, make an appointment. And one of their Alamo Water Softener uh, whole home specialists will come out to your place and give you a free water analysis plus make recommendations customized to your home. Alamo Water Softener's high efficiency and advanced technology will, uh, with complete whole home coverage, will make sure you're getting the best water you could possibly get. It's great protection for your family from harmful contaminants that may be in your water. That's why... On the next door app, Alamo Water Softers was voted as a 2020 neighborhood favorite. Uh, and I tell you what, again, my personal experience is they're a great company, and the water is fantastic. So don't worry about the phone number. Just go online. All the information you need is right there. And, again, you can make your online appointment on the website. It's alamowatersofteners.com. This is Jamie Markley, and you're listening to News Talk 550 KTSA and FM 1071. Stay connected. And we're back. New Stock 550 KTSA FM 1071. I'm Sean. Good to be back. Uh, very quickly, I'm always thanking people on the air. A lot of folks who have helped me out over the past three months and helped my wife out. You know, not only everybody here at Alpha Media and KTSA, but uh, the, the nursing staff at Methodist and all the doctors. I also want to thank my buddy Randy, Randy Garcia, who uh, was by the house over the weekend. And uh, he, he's my good friend, and he's also my personal medical advisor. And he, he's he's been hanging out with me over the past uh, few months, coming by the hospital and paying me visits and and, uh, and and keeping an eye on me. So God love you, Randy. Thanks for being my buddy. In fact, I call him Bones now. That's his new nickname is Bones Garcia. Uh, let's go to the phones. We were talking about um, we were talking about uh, Ukraine. Here's Alex on line one. Alex, what are you thinking? Hi, Sean. Before I make my comment, I want to say something personal. May I, sir, please? Sure. Yeah. I want to tell you that I really missed your presence on the radio. Uh, it's part of my life. Uh, I just, you know, I love my radio guys, and I'm so glad that you're back. I don't want to consume too so much, much time with that, but I want you to know definitively that this listener missed the hell out of you, okay? Thank you so much, man. That means everything to me. I appreciate it. You just put a smile um, on my face. On the bad guy, Putin, you know, he's already two or three moves ahead of us because he considers everything provocative. We could so much as breathe in the wrong direction. It's provocative. And I think they've sort of painted Biden and the administration into a corner, and they know it. So 
I know tough decisions have to be made. I'm not one to say let's put boots on the ground, get into World War III, which, yeah, just seem, does seem to be happening right now. But we need to make some tough decisions. We need to make some Trump-like decisions, if you may. And uh, otherwise, we're going to fall further behind, and our chances of victory are going to be even more distant. So, Sean, I'll leave you to yourself uh, the comment, and uh, please stay well for us, okay? We love you. <laughs> Thank you, man. I love you, too. I'm doing my best, brother. Thank you so much. Uh, yeah, I mean, a little Trumpy philosophy, a little Trump reaction would be great right now. But I, I, that's why this is happening. This is why this is happening, because Trump's not there. This wouldn't be going on if Trump were still in office. If Trump had won that second term, this would not be happening. Let's go to Sam on line two. Sam, how you doing? Sean Rama Ariaga, welcome back <laughs> to the show that never ends. You know, we love you. We missed you. It's great to hear your voice hear you laughing, you know, pictures of you, you and Jarvis. You know, that Jarvis show, that was probably <laughs> the funniest thing. I, you know, I mean, you were up there with Lucy and, and, and Don Rickles. And, and I, I mean, you, you was funny that day. But, you know, Ukraine, you know, hey, uh, friend, Robert Francis O'Rourke, what's happening in Ukraine, that's why you can't take our guns. You remember when you were running for president right. and you said, I'm going to take away everybody's guns. No, because if you take away our guns, that's what's going to happen. Robert Francis yeah. O'Rourke, and the reason he can't oh, run in El jerk. Paso, the reason he can't run in El Paso is because everybody knows that his daddy got him up for murder, you know, for a drunken driving. Oh, that's so, right, right. Oh, he's, yeah, there's so, that guy, anybody that supports him is an idiot. I mean, he, he, he's, you know, he's now in Austin, I guess, saying he wants to do mandatory buybacks for guns. So he's trying to walk back. I heard Dre say that earlier. He's trying to walk back some of that stuff. Well, because now he's uh, in Texas, and, yeah. you know, Texas is football, guns, and tacos, you know? And, <laughs> and, and you know, Damn, Skippy. Uh, you know, maybe you maybe for date night you should have gone out shooting at the range, you know? <laughs> well, I appreciate the call, man. You. Thank you, man. I appreciate it, man. Thanks for the love. Yeah, you know, Texas ain't the place where that whole I'm going to take your gun thing is going to work. You know, it just ain't. Uh, what, what did he say? What did he say, Chris? Guns, tacos, and what was the third thing? Oh, God, I've already forgotten. My memory's going. But, yeah, you don't, you don't want to mess with people's guns. Look, you the thing is, and this is one of the things I admire about Zelensky, and I, I do. I'm one of those guys that is. Uh, I, I'm buying what he's selling. I, I think he's he's been a mira- an amazing leader throughout all this. He is uh, he is currently over the weekend, despite the obvious danger to himself, was visiting uh, Ukrainian troops in, in the hospital. He's a badass. And what did he? What's the first thing he did when this stuff broke? He started handing guns out. Get in line. Get a gun. Defend the homeland. You wouldn't have to give nobody no guns here in Texas unless you in Austin. Uh, we're going to take a little break. And then we'll be back. Robert, hang on, Robert. We'll come to you as soon as we get back. And uh, actually, I got a question about Zelensky I want to ask you when we get back. I, again, I, I'm a big fan. Uh, I, I like him. I, 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 you know, Here's a guy who is kind of like Trump, wasn't a professional politician, was actually an actor and a comedian. And uh, I think he's been exemplary uh, throughout this whole thing. But I do have a question about his safety and and where does he go from here that I want to get into when we return. 210-599-5555, 210-599-5555. It's Sean Reimer, News, uh, News Talk 550 KTSA. Yeah. <laughs> huh. Who's not 550 KTSA FM 1071? Sean, we're talking about Ukraine. And uh, I, I got uh, another, some other thoughts I want to lay out on you here in a second. Plus, what Guy Fieri means to all of us. Uh, Guy Fieri uh, in, in a time of war. There's actually an article, an article on Fox News about Guy Fieri today. I'll talk to you about that in a second. But let's go to Robert. Robert's been on hold for a while. Robert, how you doing? I'm doing fantastic, Sean, and, and again, I called the other day to tell you how much we missed you, and uh, we're so still very happy to, that you're back on 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 the air. And uh, Thank the only you, thing man. is, today you, you might not like me today, but hey, uh, I'm totally <laughs> against this uh, Russian-Ukraine thing. Uh, I think it's right. why we're there, 
that makes no sense to me. I have a seven-year-old daughter that's probably going to be paying for this war to she's in right. her 60s. Uh, again, it seems like we learn nothing. We learn nothing. We, we're getting out of these useless wars to get into another useless war. Uh, I don't like Lindsey Graham. You know, since he's been in there, he's one of the rhinos who has got us in debt and all these wars. It's like I, I, I have ties to Russia and I have ties to Ukraine. And to me, even though I have ties to them, I know Russia is so corrupt and Ukraine is right behind them. I don't trust either of them as far as I can throw them. Uh, I think it's, it's, it's just a waste of time and a waste of money because if you do anything, and I'm not throwing this at you, so I don't think I'm attacking no, you. Uh, if you know anything about Ukraine, half of them are Russian. Half of Half of the family that I have in Russia are Ukrainians, and half of the Ukrainians that are in our family are Russian. So basically, <clears throat> sorry about that. Uh, having that war is pretty much if we have a war in Laredo, I guarantee you, if we have a war in Laredo against Mexico. Half of Laredo is not going to fight because they have family in Mexico, and it it just it seems so crazy, you know. Uh, as, Everybody wants me to believe in the media and my government, and yet we can't run an election. You know, the president I is agree. in the pocket of Russia, Ukraine, China, and I don't know who else. And yet I'm supposed to be all gun-ho that, that Ukraine is wonderful and an angel, and let's go send planes and bombs and keep going while my, my seven-year-old daughter will probably be paying for it. I don't mean to be a stick in the mud, Sean, but well, it's, no, 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 no. It's totally a it's a valid opinion. Human. I got no. I mean, I I I right there. I, it's a valid opinion. I'm not going to dispute what you're saying because, uh, uh, I I agree with you to a certain extent. I I don't want to get involved in another war. I I think, you know, uh, sending the money and and as far as the planes, I don't see why we can't use our air base to allow Poland to send them the planes. I think that's, I don't have any argument against that. I don't know what's holding that up other than fear. But I don't want to see boots yeah, on the yeah. ground. I don't want to see us directly involved in, in Ukraine in that way. I just – you know, it, it, it's, it's just so strange. It's so weird to me that Poland don't want to take them. America don't want to take them. It's like, okay, so is this like you're doing it because you want to do something right? Or are we – is this another reason? Uh, uh, it's so silly. Some of the decisions that are being made, right. they don't make sense. Uh, and, and then – for me to say, let's go gun ho into this, it's like, man, we can't even get our own country in order, and yet we want to tell another country what to do. It, it, it just seems so strange. I'm not the smartest guy. I agree guy. with you there, yeah. No, no, you're right, because the, the last election in this country was a farce, uh, was a cheat. Uh, I absolutely – and, and we're, we're, we're trying to – you're right. There's uh, an argument to be, to be made that our southern border is wide open, and we're not doing – our government's not doing anything about it. And yet we're doing uh, all the stuff for these other countries, uh, including Ukraine. Uh, look, hey, I get the I get the frustration. Absolutely. Hey, Sean, thanks for hearing me out. I just wanted to be heard, and uh, you're doing a fantastic job. And I'll let some other smarter people than me go yeah. on the air. Thank you, man. You Thank you, man. One. Thank you. You too, brother. You too. And thanks for the love. Yeah, I'm not going to dispute that because it's a valid opinion. We don't want it. nobody wants to be involved in, in another war. Um, unfortunately, I do think that it sort of depends on what Putin does, uh, you know, as far as if he goes nuclear, if he crosses the line into NATO territory, you know, then what do we do? We're kind of bound, especially if he moves into a cross, I don't think he will. He was shooting some stuff off close to the Polish border, but I don't think he actually wants to roll into uh, a NATO country. You know, I just, we're, we're, we're in a very bad situation in a sense because we have a government right now that is completely out of its depth as far as handling this in any way, shape, or form. Again, if Trump had won that second term, this wouldn't even be a discussion because it wouldn't have happened. None of this would be happening if Trump were still the president, and you know it. Because Putin had four years to to roll into Ukraine. Uh, So, you know, I, I... we have a completely inept government that psychologically and culturally, in a sense, they have no idea how to begin to deal with Putin. And frankly, they're afraid of Putin. And that's what I argue against, is in being afraid of Putin, 
we're throwing out sanctions that are meaningless. And actually, Putin is working well for this administration because they've decided to blame the the rise in prices from on gas and everything else on Putin. So Putin and his war in Ukraine is actually, think about that, is actually working for this administration. It's good for them because they can make that claim even though everybody knows it's BS. But that's what they're rolling with. And, and so you're not going to see anything serious uh, uh, done about Putin in any measurable way beyond these silly sanctions because, again, Biden needs that excuse going into the midterms because, boy, it could be a bloodbath for the Democrats, especially with gas going up every day. Look, and I've seen it, too. It's, it's everything. Airline tickets are going up. We've been trying to – we finally found some flights for my daughter. My daughter's supposed to come out for her spring break in a couple of weeks from Colorado. And it took us a week to find some flights that, you know, wouldn't put us in the poorhouse to buy because airline tickets are going up almost on an hourly basis. Because why? Well, they need fuel to run or fly. And uh, the fuel crisis is, uh, is affecting every other aspect of the economy. And your government right now is blaming that on Putin, which is ridiculous because this economy was going south. Uh, practically, it started going south the minute that Biden got into office. <coughs> yeah. Sorry, I just coughed. It's very unprofessional for me to uh, make mention of the fact that I just coughed and didn't hit the cough button. In fact, I'm still going on about it, which is even making the mistake worse. Because I are a professional. Uh, let's talk some Guy Fieri when we get back. 210-599-5555. It's Sean on Newstalk 550 KTSA. San Antonio's news, traffic, and weather station. News Talk 550 KTSA and FM 1071. And we're back. News Talk 550 KTSA. Hi, I'm John. Uh, again, uh, coming up next hour, my wife will be changing my dressing on my wounds uh, live on the air. That should be some fascinating radio. Well, we're going to try to do it during the commercial break. I, I, <laughs> I'm, I'm not kidding you. I got to get, see, I, I, I do the show now from the living room, uh, you know, in, in a recliner because uh, I got an IV pole right behind me because I got to have fluids 24 hours a day. And, you know, I, I got all my equipment here in this little desk thing right next to my uh, my recliner. And I had these two dressings. I, I had a what is called a wound vac. Some of you know what that is. It's a big honking piece of equipment that basically you have a hose going into your wound from the surgery, and it gets rid of all the impurities and possible infections and stuff. And I'm healed enough that they were able to remove that on Friday. So now i got two holes, basically, in my abdomen, in my abdomen that uh, my wife has to change the dressing twice a day, or I could get an infection in my abdomen. And you got to do it in the first part of the day, and you got to do it at night. And, the only, and she's working right now, and she works for a local bank, and she works at home. So she's in the bedroom working, and the only time we have available to when she can change the dressing is during her lunch break, which is at 10 a.m. while I'm on the air. So Chris, i got to do it while we're on. <laughs> so hopefully she doesn't, you know, hurt me. I hope she doesn't hurt me, and I'll shriek out. So we're going to try to do it during the commercial break, and if it's still going on, that'll be some fascinating radio. Right. Precisely. Precisely. Ow. Owie, owie, owie. Yeah. We'll come right back to the show, and you'll be like mid-scream. I'll be shrieking in pain. Yeah. That'll be some great radio. Mm. But, uh, you know, so that's my life right now. We were, I was telling Trey that, like, you know, the rest of the family unit, are away uh, for the week. You know, it's just my wife and I here for the week, For the and this weekend they left on Saturday morning. And so we didn't really do a whole lot this weekend And because uh, I, I got medical stuff you got to attend to. she got to change that dressing twice a day. Uh, my IV bag has to be changed once a day. And I can't really go anywhere. I mean, I do a little physical therapy, but beyond that, I'm in this chair, man. Uh, and so we just kind of hung out and it was kind of nice just kind of hang out together and really for three months, haven't had a day where she and I could just hang out and just be together and watch some TV and talk about stuff. And Saturday there was a marathon of 
Guy Fieri, my favorite show right now is Guy Fieri. And uh, what's it called? Drive-ins, di- uh, diners, dives, and drive-ins, or whatever the hell. It's this really cool show where Guy Fieri just travels around the country and he checks out these weird little places that serve great food. And it and there was a freaking marathon on Saturday, and it was like hours and hours of Guy Fieri stuffing food down his throat. Good food, too. And we left it on all damn day. We must have watched seven hours of that crap. Now, you don't sit there and just watch it. You know, I mean, you do other things. But it's one of those shows you can just kind of leave on, you know. And I, I discovered, I, I've always loved this show, but I discovered, I rediscovered my love of Guy Fieri uh, when I was in the hospital. Because he only got like nine freaking channels in the hospital. One of them is the Food Network. And uh, so we watch a lot of Guy Fieri in his house. I'm not really into the competition shows as much. You know, like Chopped and, and the grocery games. I like to I like to watch Guy just eat good food, man. That's what he's good at. And it's interesting because I saw an article on Fox. They had a big write-up on Guy Fieri over the weekend in that a lot of people are watching the Food Network right now, and especially Guy Fieri. He's got this big tournament going on, food cooking, or this cooking tournament uh, going on right now. They're all new episodes, and apparently it's doing really, really well. And one of the things programmers, television programmers, have discovered, it's kind of the same reason people obsess on the Hallmark Channel, is that given how upsetting and stressful things are, whether it's inflation and the price of stuff, or it's Ukraine, or it's all of it, pandemic, people are stressed. Americans specifically are very, very stressed right now. And one of the ways they're dealing with stretch is watching Guy Fieri. He's watching uh, the Food Network. <laughs> and, and Fieri was interviewed. He said, you know, everybody eats food, and everybody likes to eat good food. He, he says that's why these shows are really, really popular right now. And so for once, I'm actually on the cutting edge of pop culture. I didn't mean to be. It just sort of stumbled into that direction. And so, yeah, we watch a lot of Food Network in this house. And Saturday, hell, man, we were still watching Guy Fieri at 1 in the morning right before we went to bed. I just can't get enough. And thankfully, then i got a break. My wife has reached uh, the saturation point on the Hallmark Channel where she's seen all the freaking movies she wants to see, like three and four times. <laughs> so I, I, I've even been rescued from the Hallmark Channel by Guy Fieri in that uh, my wife's just seen them all. So now we just sits and watches Guy Fieri eat food all day. And that was my exciting weekend. We're going to take a break, and we'll be right back and talk some more smack about some other things. William... Hurt passed away. I want to talk about that. Uh, we'll talk some more about Ukraine. Oh, and, and Zelensky, I got a question I want to ask you. When we get back on Newstalk 550 KTSA. The fact is that the United States is producing about as much oil as we burn. We're producing more now than we did when Biden came into the White House. And next year, we will be at an all-time high in production. But no, regardless of what we produce, it's a worldwide price for oil. Sean Rima, 9 till 11, News Talk 550, KTSA, and FM 1071. And we're back, News Talk 550, KTSA. It's Sean, hour number two of the Sean Show on a Monday. How the hell are you? Who was that, Chris? That was Sherman? Representative Sherman? Well, I mean, you're hearing all kinds of things. Uh, uh, you know, it's worldwide. It's not Biden. It's not. It's it's. They're Saki. It's global unrest thanks to uh, the Russians and Putin. This gas thing isn't Biden's fault, which is a bunch of crap. This economy started to go blanks up uh, the minute he got into office, and everybody knows it. Two one zero five nine nine fifty five fifty five. Two one zero five nine nine fifty five fifty five. Yeah, I want to. I've been meaning to ask you a question for a few minutes here or actually throughout the first hour, because it's something that my wife and I were talking about over the weekend. Uh, you know, I, I have a lot of admiration for Zelensky. Now, we can go back and forth on the history of Ukraine, and is is is, is the government in Ukraine corrupt? Well, I'm sure it is. Uh, were there weird dealings with Biden and the Obama administration in Ukraine? Well, I'm sure there was. I think one of the reasons a guy like Zelensky got elected is because of the corruption as a uh, reaction, kind of like Trump was elected here in this country. He was a populist guy. He wasn't a politician. 
He's a comedian and an actor. Because I know, because when he first got in, we used to talk about it. And uh, I, I, you know, I think this is his moment. And I, I again, w- whether you want to talk about the history of Ukraine or not and its own sins as a country, okay, Putin is bombing the crap out of civilians in Ukraine. Putin is bombing uh, hospitals in Ukraine. Uh, almost at this point, two million people have left Ukraine. About a, over a million of them are in Poland. Uh, they're they're not doing that because this is all fake news. Okay, there's some bloody, brutal crap going on in Ukraine at the hands of Putin and the Russians, Russian military, who obviously are under orders. Many of them don't even want to be doing this themselves. And I think Zelensky uh, has been magnificent through this whole thing. Uh, over the weekend, at much peril to himself, he was visiting hospitals and uh, visiting injured troops, taking selfies with them. He is beloved by the people of Ukraine, and he is their beacon of hope. He is, I think, Churchillian, you know, actually does work for him. Uh, this is his moment in history. But there is a question that we have to address and that I'm sure he's being asked in that Russian troops have surrounded Kiev. They are getting closer to moving into the city directly. Uh, His place in Kiev is becoming even more tenuous as the Russian troops get closer. Uh, There's been several assassination attempts that we know of where they have these Chechen, uh, uh, Chechen, uh, uh, assassins that they've sent in, and I'm sure there's all kinds of folks who have gotten into Kiev who are looking for Zelensky to take him out or to take him. I'm sure they'd love to take him into custody, parade him around and do awful things to him. And every time he has a news conference, every time he appears before Parliament or, or their legislative body, uh, every time, you know, like going to the hospitals, he places himself at risk. And you have to ask, there comes a point where for the greater good, does he need to leave Kiev so that he survives? Because the longer he stays in Kiev, the more his situation becomes more dangerous, I would assume, and the closer they can get to him. So you have to ask, does he, in order for the greater good of remaining that beacon of hope for his own people, does he not have to leave at some point, you know, not leave the country but leave that city because it's going to get to a point, and maybe he's already at that point where it'd be impossible for him to leave. I don't think. I think they could probably still get him out one way or the other. But you know, we can take your calls on what you think you got to do. Should he stay? Should he uh, continue to stay in Kiev, or does he try to get out so that he can continue to talk to the people and encourage the people? What would be best for him? Because you know he's asking that question, and he's being asked that question. Two one zero five nine nine fifty five fifty five two one zero five nine nine fifty five fifty five. Also, uh, another story over the weekend, and I, I didn't know that he had uh, cancer. I didn't know about his battle with cancer. Uh, but uh, uh, William Hurt died, uh, passed away over the weekend. He was seventy one years of age, fairly young. Uh, he passed uh, with his family around him, surrounded by loved ones. Uh, uh, from what the statement from his family. A very peaceful passing, again, surrounded by his loved ones. And, uh, you know, we're, it, it's very sad. He's one of those guys that's always been around. You know what I mean? He's For my generation, I'm in my 50s, you know, he's when has there not been a William Hurt? I mean, you go all the way back to uh, The Big Chill, which was a he played a great character in The Big Chill. In fact, there's a line from The Big Chill I've been using for years, for decades, which is, when people call out how screwed up I am and, and have been in my life, I just say, I'm evolving. Remember that great line? Kiss of the Spider Woman, which was a good flick. Uh, he's been in so many different flicks. Uh, I, I mentioned this movie uh, a little early on uh, in, w- during Wear and Rhyme, and I couldn't remember the title until Chris whispered it in my ear. Uh, Chris, what, it was, uh, oh, no, I just forgot it again. A History of Violence. Remember that? Where he played a gangster, and he had the accent and everything. God, he was great in that. 
And then, of course, he's, you know, been in the Marvel Universe. He plays a recurring character or did play a recurring character in the Marvel flick, starting off with uh, that really crummy version of the Hulk. But then uh, his character carried through. And just a fine, fine actor. And yeah, yeah, and we talk about, not to be on a bummer, but we talk about this all the time, that at this stage in life, and most of you listening are roughly around my age, if not a few years younger, and we're just at that chapter in life, man, where a lot of the folks who were icons in our lives are passing. You know, it's kind of like, and again, not to be a bummer, but how many of us have lost our parents or are losing our parents just because, we're again, we're at that stage in life uh, where a lot of the folks that we watched on TV or watched in the movies or were in our favorite bands or were performers in their own right, we're losing just because of the, the natural cycles of life, man. And now, now he's another one, and it's sad, especially at such a young age. But uh, that's where we are right now. Uh, 210, uh, excuse me, 210-599-5555. Again, not to be a bummer, but uh, it, is, it was kind of a surprise and a shock to me. Also, we watched, um, since I'm talking pop culture stuff here, and then we'll take a break, and then my wife is going to have to change my dressing on my on my wounds on my uh, wound vac wounds which i know she loves to do and she looks forward to it twice a day um uh we saw we watched cyrano over the weekend we watched that yesterday because it's one of these things where you can see it at the movie theater you can see it at home beautiful flick man david dinklage uh is probably up for an oscar for that one I think it's going to, as far as, you know, are we still doing gender-based Oscars? <laughs> Best actor, I think it's going to be between him and, uh, oh, Garfield, uh, the guy that was, was Spider-Man, was in TikTok Boom, uh, which is a fine movie. God, I just went blank on his name, baby. What was his name? Andrew Garfield. Yeah, my wife's here. Andrew Garfield. It's going to be between him and David Dinklage, I think, for Best Actor. Or maybe Denzel, because Denzel did uh, Macbeth, and I think that's getting some attention. Uh, but David Dinklage is great. It was a beautiful movie. Um, I don't know if it's really a spoiler or not, because it's based on Cyrano de Bergerac, who, which has been around for many centuries, or several centuries. But it's not, it's not you know, it's not the... Uh, how do I put this, baby? It's not the... Uh, happiest movie in the world ah, there we go i said it i'm not ruining the movie i'm just saying what did i say david dinklage chris it's peter dinklage peter dinklage not david dinklage i got the dinklage part right it's hard to screw that one up peter dinklage don't dinklage mix up peter don't make up don't mix up your dinklage you got to make sure you know where your dinklage is and who your dinklage who, which dinklage you're talking about <laughs> terrible but peter dinklage gave the performance of a lifetime he was really good in it everybody was really good in it it's it's a beautiful it's beautifully filmed but when it's over you're kind of like <laughs> in other words it's if, if you're looking for a great date night movie i don't know if that's the movie to watch but very good movie excellent big thumbs up on uh cyrano and obviously they switched it up for him. Uh, and I, and that's what I, I thought was very cool about it. And that's the same story, even though it's not about his nose, if you know what I mean. Uh, <laughs> Adam on line one. Let's go to Adam. Adam, you're on News Talk 550 KTSA. What are you thinking? You know, Sean, you know, uh, <laughs> Putin is not ex-KGB. He's ex-KGB leader. And their the motto was they were formed to protect be the shield and sword for communism forever. You know, he would right. love to have the band back together, get the communist uh, pack oh, yeah. back together. You know, and I hate all it sounds terrible, Sean, but Moscow is 300 miles away from Munich. They should try to go on the initiative and bomb Moscow. I know it sounds ter- uh, terrible, but, Sean, I wanted to say, give a shout-out to your wife. Obviously, I'd never met her, but what a great woman, man. She's really been there for you. She has. She's a saint, and she's right over there. Because, you know, and I, I appreciate the call, Adam. And just one more thing, and then she's got to change my dressing. And that she's been on vacation for the past 10 days, and there's only so much vacation you can do 
when you got to take care of me on a daily basis. So God bless you, baby. I love you. She is a saint. Uh, 210-599-5555. We're going to take a little break. It's Sean Rhyme on News Talk 550 KTSA. San Antonio's news, traffic, and weather station. News Talk 550 KTSA and FM 1071. And we're back. News Talk 550 KTSA. FM 1071. <laughs> my wife is still changing my bandages or my dressing. I think she's just about got it. Huh? You're done? Are you still got to do a little more? You can do it now. She's, uh, yeah, because uh, uh, we got to do this like uh, twice a day. <laughs> it's kind of funny. Uh, Dennis and uh, Chris and Dennis, because, uh, yeah, we're, we're actually in the middle of a medical procedure here while I'm talking to you people. Hmm. But, if I, but if she doesn't do it, I can get, you know, a bad infection. Yeah. So we so want to make sure t- this gets done. Well, yeah, because, you know, infection is, is bad. Any infection is bad. And so uh, we, because uh, I, I had a wound vac. Uh, I don't know if you guys know that. A wound vac is a big piece of equipment that you have to carry around everywhere you go. And uh, it, it's basically a hose connected to your wound that basically sucks out all the impurities and all, you know, if an infection begins, it starts out and keeps it clean. And it actually, it's great because it actually uh, helps with the healing process. Uh, and so one of the reasons that a lot of my stuff <laughs> is healing a lot quicker is because of the wound back. But I am almost healed up, so uh, they were able to remove that on Friday. But the caveat is you have to change the, uh, the dressing on it twice a day. Oh, there we are. That's what I'm looking for. And uh, so my wife has to do that. You're right. Mm-hmm. Because I can't uh, I can't actually see it. So would, like, waiting room music be helpful during this time? Or, or what, what, what's the... Or, or you, could, you know, if the view were on, you could play the view in the background. I don't think they're because on Because right every now. time I go to a doctor's office, I don't know if you ever noticed this. Oh, we should get a stock... You ever notice that, that no matter what doctor's office you're in... Yeah. There's always the view is on no matter what time of day. It could be 2 in the morning, and you're in the emergency room uh, at, at any given hospital in this, in this town, and the freaking view is on. It's like they record it and just play it over and over again just to annoy people. So, you know, if we could get the sound of – no, I'm kidding. I think she's almost done anyway. Uh, but we are taking your calls, 210-599-5555. 210 And I was asking – uh, do you think Zelensky, uh, is there some point where he needs to uh, leave Kiev? Did I just say that? Because it's going to get too dangerous for him. And he is, well, no matter what you think, no matter what you think, as far as Ukraine, and if you've seen the Oliver Stone documentary and you're, you're, you know, you're, you're looking at the history of Ukraine as being kind of dicey, or if you're looking at it from the uh, standpoint that, uh, uh, a lot of Russians living in in uh, in uh, in in uh, Ukraine, or there's you know what have you. Uh, and this isn't our business. This isn't our fight. Uh, certainly, you need to admit that at least right now, uh, Zelensky is a, a a a a beacon of hope for the citizens of that country who, you know, without argument are, again, no matter what you think about Ukraine or the corruption of the government or what have you, are fighting for their very lives, if they're still there, unless they've taken off the, mostly women and children are the ones who have left and gone to Poland and gone to other places to to avoid violence. Uh, The men and, frankly, uh, some of the young boys, not young boys, but teenage uh, men have stayed behind and are defending their country. Uh, and Zelensky has stayed behind in Kiev as a way of saying, look, the government's still going on. We still exist. Uh, we're we're not uh, we're going to fight this to the last man. And this is kind of where he gets uh, the Churchill comparison during the Blitzkrieg and when uh, Hitler was attempting to uh, to uh, take over Great Britain and, and bomb the crap out of it. And, uh, uh, you know, it, it, ooh, 
this this is good. Getting resituated here. My wife's all done with the medical procedure. Thank you, baby. Uh, you know, at some point to remain that beacon, does he need to stay in Kiev or need, does he need to get out for his own safety? And, uh, you know, I don't know. I'm kind of, I'm not exactly sure how I feel about it. Uh, I, you know, I don't know what you think. Two one zero five nine nine fifty five fifty five. I don't know if we have any calls. Let me check here. No, if you want to call up and say and and tell us what you think, is it time for him to go or or is he uh, does he need to stay there? I just think it's going to get too dangerous for him. And at some point, if he wants to continue to inspire his people, he he just he may have to get out of there uh, before he's like not able to get out of there which you know maybe we're already there i don't know 2105995555 2105995555 let me know what you're thinking in this regard uh and uh and we'll take your calls and then coming up a couple other things i want to talk about i may talk a, a little bit more about uh about uh uh, uh Putin and what his motivations are in this thing. Because, again, I, I and, and just one more thought, and I, I've, I've said this a few times on the air already, but just one more thought on this. I do, and, and t- call me up and tell me if you agree or, or disagree. I do believe that this is not just about NATO for Putin. This is not just about, you know, preventing Ukraine from joining NATO uh, uh, and I'd like to uh, see what you think about that. If you think the, uh, you know, that uh, that that's the case, that this is really more personal, uh, you let me know what you're thinking. And we're back. News Talk Five Fifty KTSA FM One Zero Seven One. John, if you're on my Facebook page, you probably noticed all the selfies I posted this weekend. This is what boredom will do to you. I, you know, it's the best three months of my life. A bit, you know, I just sit around. But I, I, I have a new uh, hobby, a new addiction, if you will. That while I was in the hospital, I, you know, and maybe it was the morphine. I don't know. But I, I get, I, I get bored, and so, you know, I, I go on Amazon and just start buying meaningless crap, and that's my new uh, obsession. And so I found this company on Amazon that will embroider whatever you want on, like, a beanie, like a stocking cap beanie type thing. And so uh, I've, I've had about 20 of these things made up, and I just, something will pop in my head, and I'll, and I'll, and I'll get a beanie made up with that on the beanie. And so every time a new beanie arrives in the mail, I take a selfie and, and you know, share it with everyone. And I've just been posting a lot of crap on Facebook, you know. Well, my it was my wife's idea because my wife said, you know, people are kind of interested in your recovery, and so I've been kind of keeping a presence on Facebook, and it's actually been become somewhat enjoyable for me again. I kind of had lost, you know, a lot of. I really wasn't having as much fun on Facebook as I, you know, as maybe in years past, and uh, I've gotten so much love on, online from folks over the whole medical thing that it's been kind of cool to post stuff. And I just posted uh, a picture of, you know, I, I'm doing the show in my recliner, and there's a recliner next to me, and Jarvis, my cat, the most famous cat in San Antonio, very often will occupy the, the recliner next to me while I'm doing the show. And he sleeps, and all curled up. And so I took a picture of Jarvis sleeping, saying, oh, he's really enjoying the show, har, 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 har. But in the shot, I included my clipboard with all my show notes on it, and now everybody's making fun of my handwriting because my handwriting, frankly, is it, it almost looks like Sanskrit. It, it's indecipherable. I, my handwriting is awful. And so now I'm getting all the comments on how crappy my handwriting is. I, and Chris, I think you're probably the only person on planet Earth b- beyond myself that, that can actually read my handwriting. Because you, you, I send you a copy of my notes every day. And you are the only other human being, I think, on planet stinking Earth that can actually decipher my handwriting. Because you can read it, can't you? You've trained yourself to read it. 
and, uh, and nobody else can. And it, but it brings up a question because my handwriting has always been bad. I mean, and this is why I want to ask you. Um, but I, I don't know about you, but I, I rarely ha- do anything by handwriting anymore. I, everything is either on the phone or texting or I'm typing it some way. You know, have you noticed your handwriting suffering as a result? Because I do know my handwriting has gotten worse uh, with, with the with the with the evolution of personal technology. I mean, if it gets any worse, I won't be able to read it. You know what I mean? And uh, I, I've just know I used to write do all my writing projects and my poems in spiral bound notebooks. I did that for years. Uh, and then I would, uh, you know, go back and type it up, what I had written. But probably over the past six or, uh, holy crap, maybe over the past seven or eight years, since I discovered that I could write a lot quicker on my phone, and I could write a lot quicker, and I could correct mistakes as I go, that now I don't handwrite anything anymore. The, in fact, the only thing I write by hand anymore are, in fact, my show notes on a daily basis. And so when people started making fun of my handwriting, at first I got kind of offended. Not really, but I was like, what? But then I looked at it, I'm like, yeah, my handwriting does look like crap. I mean, I don't know how anybody reads it. Like I said, I think Chris Glasgow is the only other person on planet Earth who can actually read my hand, my handwritten notes. So have you noticed that your ability to write things by hand has suffered as we've become more prone to typing things, whether on our phones or on computers or laptops or tablets or what have you, uh, it's like the the fact that people don't write letters anymore. Have you noticed that we we text and email each other, but the the art of writing somebody a letter and folding it up and putting it in an in an envelope and sending it to them is all but dead. And if you want to, I know I'm kind of rambling here, but if you want to do something really, really fascinating that's also a little heartbreaking, go back to the 1920s or the 1930s or even go back to the 1880s, 1870s and look up letters. Like let, let, You can always find letters people wrote, people wrote from this, during the Civil War era or letters written during the, uh, World War II. World War One, where that's your only mode of communication with your family member was family members was to write a letter and have it sent to them. And it's fascinating because in general people of that era had a much better and stronger command of the English language than people graduating college now. They wrote in full sentences, complete sentences. Uh, you, you you would have letters written by 14-year-olds who were high school and or, who were school dropouts, who had never been in school a day in their lives, and they could write better, they could communicate better in the English language than, yeah, your average college grad now. So, you know, uh, handwriting and writing, just expressing ourselves by writing things physically on paper is a dying art. And it's evidenced by my crappy handwriting, which if you're on Facebook, you can check out with my latest Jarvis post. 210-599-5555, 210-599-5555. We're going to take a little breaky, wakey, wakey. And then we'll be back and talk some more smack. It's Sean on News Talk 550 KTSA. San Antonio's news, traffic, and weather station. News Talk 550 KTSA and FM 1071. And we're back. Here's Talk 550 KTSA FM 1071. I'm Sean. That's Jarvis. <laughs> My wife over there sitting in the kitchen. 210-599-5555. Um, you know, I, I, I'm really sick of this whole yeah, blaming, it's, you know, blaming the Russians for the gas prices, blaming the Russians for inflation, blaming Putin. And and Ducey, uh the Deucer, uh, Peter Ducey, if you're not into the whole brevity thing, uh, really took Jen Psaki to task uh, late last week when he said, "Is this the game?" I'm, I'm paraphrasing. But he said, "Is this the game plan to just blame Russia for everything uh, up until the midterms?" And she really couldn't answer it. And you know why? Because that's the freaking game plan. 
And you had former Democratic Senator Heidi Heitkamp, who was on, uh, I think, CNN or MSNB Puke or one of those freaking stations. And they were talking about gas prices, uh, which on average now are over five bucks a gallon in most parts of the country. And she was blaming, well, first off, you and me, you know, uh, for all the anger over the gas. It's you and me because we got so used to $2 a gallon, uh, which was a a false – how did she put it? She said it, it was false inflation. It really wasn't – you know, yeah, we were paying 2 bucks a gallon a couple of years ago or a year ago, what have you, but it was a – it, it was a false solution. It wasn't going to last. And so you and I allowed our expectations to get too high on paying two bucks a gallon, even though the primary reason we were paying two bucks a gallon is because this country was energy independent for the first time and didn't need to import from anyone. And so the price of a gallon of gas didn't depend on Saudi Arabia or Russia or anybody else. But it was you and I uh, for getting our panties in a wad, if you will, over paying two bucks a gallon. And now we got to pay more, and it's upsetting to us. And then she went on to blame Donald Trump. It's very obviously Donald Trump's fault that we're paying damn near five bucks a gallon right now here in town. And you know why she said it's Donald Trump's fault? Because of government spending. She didn't explain that. But because of government spending during the Trump administration, that's why we're now paying this much money a gallon. Uh, it, so at least she took some of the heat off the Russians. But it doesn't. It, but this is crap you're going to be hearing up until the midterms. It's like Biden, the, the, the now infamous video by a freaking Biden walking off either the airplane or the helicopter, and they're asking him about gas prices. What are you going to do about gas prices? And he said, nothing, there's nothing I can do. It's all because of Vlad Putin. It's because of the Russians. They're really going with that. As if you and I are so freaking stupid that we don't remember gas prices going up and we don't remember inflation going up prior to to uh, the Ruskies uh, rolling into Ukraine, which is only three weeks old. All this crap started. When he, uh, when Biden, the Biden administration, whoever is actually running the freaking country, uh, first started rolling back a lot of these regulations and uh, uh, stuff back into the energy industry because the guy wanted to destroy, he campaigned on wanting to destroy the fossil fuel industry in this country. Okay, it's his policies, it's their policies, them, whoever they are, that have brought us to this place. And this was going on before Vlad Putin rolled across the border into Ukraine. And smart people, aware people are, are know that. Okay, if you're a freaking idiot, if you're a liberal moron, if you're a socialist puke, and, and you're so stupid of brain, you're so thin of thought, that no matter what Biden says or any given Democrat says, you just you just walk lockstep behind it and you swallow it whole. Well, no, you're going to blame the Russians too, because your guys can never be wrong, right? Well, it's the Russians. It's because of the Russians. And I, you know, this is it's fascinating to me, and I say this quite a bit, that one of the accusations you hear from the left is that folks like you and me who are a little bit more conservative of mind. I'm, I'm not a full-on conservative or a Republican, but I'm a fairly conservative dude. I tend to vote conservative and support conservative. The accusation is that you and me were, were uneducated rubes, were racists, were, were Neanderthals. You know, we're, we're, the, we're the idiot in the room. But really, if you look at the support base of the Democrats... I mean, these are people with Beto signs in their front yards. These are the people who have no intellectual curiosity about questioning anything that any Democrat says. Whatever they tell them, okay, they just go with it. They just go with it. Childhood obesity is because of the Russians. You know, you could say that. 
Climate change is because of Putin. You could say that, happy crap, and it, oh, that's what it is. The border crisis, that's because of Putin and the Russians going into Ukraine. And they buy it. They believe it. Why? Because they're idiots. They're people who choose to be morons. And of the two uh, political thoughts or schools of thought in this country, which are conservative and liberal, predominantly, okay, uh, which side of the aisle requires a steady flow of morons? Republicans or Democrats? Democrats. And I'll tell you why. Republicans and conservatives in general tend to be more issue-based. Uh, do, do you have? Are there Republicans in the state of Texas who aren't big fans of Greg Abbott? Yes, there are. Why? Because we're issue-based people. And we take everything on an issue-by-issue issue basis. It's not a cult of personality. We will uh, drop support for any Republican who goes south on, a, on an issue that is important to us or important to the Republican or conservative base. For the Democrats, no. You got a D at the end of your name, you're perfect. You're freaking perfect. You can't be wrong ever. Even if the only way you can't be wrong is to say something and to agree to so- agree with something that is completely stupid. Just like blaming the Russians for inflation in America is completely stupid. And if you're a liberal idiot and you're rocking and rolling with that explanation, you're a freaking moron. You weren't born a moron, but you're choosing to be one. How does that make you feel? You Beto voting weirdo. Beto. He's beloved in Austin. He, he really is. By the hippies and the, the weirdos, the people who claim to be weirdos, but they're not very weird at all. They're actually quite boring. They freaking love Beto, man. He's a cultural appropriator. Okay, if you're a Hispanic-y type, okay, you should hate Beto. A lot of them do. You know why? Because he's a cultural appropriator. And he thinks Hispanics are so stupid that as long as it says Beto on the sign, they'll vote for him. Oh, Beto, he must be a Mexican. I will vote for the Mexican. Because, uh, you know, Beto, you, you, Beto is a rich guy. He's establishment. And liberals worth their, their salt should hate his guts. But, you know, they love him. So what the hell? I got to get out of here. Thank you, Chris. Thanks to Dennis Foley, Elaine Rodriguez, our executive producer, and my good brother Trey Ware. As usual, spread the love. Don't be a jerk. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye.